It's another episode of Sports Yak Podcast. Who types this stuff? Just run it, hit play, hear it, get it done with. I'm Jim Shorts. I'm an icon. The class of 2019 Indiana Sports Writer and Sportscasters Hall of Famer Chuck Freebie. And the other butt monkey. Who cares? Hit the subscribe button. I'd hate to miss a second of this junk. Sports Yak, the podcast. Now that's good. Now turn it off. The Horror Movie Podcast is listener-funded by fans like you at Patreon.com. You can find out more at Patreon.com slash The Horrible Movie Podcast. You're listening to the Studio DNA Network, StudioDNA.media. Welcome to the Horrible Movie Podcast, a place uh, for you to come in and sit down here uh, in the theater with us. We've uh, we've already uh, started the watching the movie, but you can come in and sit down, uh, have some popcorn, have some delicious candies. Uh, Phil's uh, smiled at me just now. He's got some Mike and Ike stuck in his teeth. Uh-huh. Uh, he's going to get that worked out of there. Uh, he's also uh, got a big, uh, gigantic beverage. And this is one of those movies. Not uh, gonna do it. Not gonna not, do it. Not gonna finish turtle. these Mike and Ike's. Turtle, turtle. Uh, this is one of those movies that you're gonna want to drink a big gulp, drink a lot of it, and go to the bathroom a bunch because who cares? Uh, master, the master of disguise is the movie we're talking about today. Uh, really, uh, if you listen to Actor Spotlight, uh, you've heard us talk about Dana Carvey in length. We talked a lot about Dana Carvey because I'm a huge Dana Carvey fan. Uh, he he, when I think of Danny Carvey, I think a lot about my youth, a lot about my youth. Uh, I was a big fan of his uh, ability to do impressions, and if you've ever listened to the show, you know some of my impressions are spot on, right, Phil? If we go down the list, I'm not gonna, because uh, that'll just make me want to do not impressions. Gonna do it. <laughs> not, not gonna do it. Our, our full on impressions, and he's a big idol. I mean, I'm a big fan of his. He's a big idol of mine. Yeah, that would be right. I'm a big fan of his. Uh, now, this movie, not so much. Pretty crappy. It's really bad. Uh, this is, uh, what I see, on Rotten Tomatoes, it's ranked the 18th worst movie of the 2000s. On top of that, what's the Rotten Tomatoes ranking on it? Or what's the percentage? 1%. 1 1%. Rotten Tomatoes, who's 1%. That, who's that one guy? Like that one out of 100? Oh, this is great. I want. I want to meet that guy. Dana Carvey. I want to have. Yeah, it probably was him. I want to have lunch with him and just say, you know what? I want to love the Master of Disguise the way you love the Master of Disguise. Yes, and it would be Tell phenomenal. It. it would be phenomenal if do we think, could all feel that way. Do about you think this. it was reviewed by an eight-year-old? No, I, I, my son probably would have liked it, but he didn't even want to stand around. He saw it pop up on the screen, and he's like, "Are you watching this?" I was like, he's, I was like "Yep." Yeah, he's like, "I'm gonna go play some Minecraft." Okay. 
Sounds yeah, it's, great. It's a rough go. I, I think, honestly, it was only for kids when it came out, and it's definitely not appealing to probably modern-day kids at all. Uh, it got a PG rating, and it only got a PG rating. Did you read this, too? Yes, I did. Uh, because they took out a bunch of like headbutts that happened yeah. to someone, like violence stuff, was violent stuff, basically. Yeah, and they said it was imitative. Like, the, the kids might want to imitate headbutting their friends or whatever, so they, they said, we're going to give you PG-13 unless you take out those seven seconds. <laughs> Which... I don't know if it mattered, but maybe. Uh, <laughs> uh, it did you, turn a profit. I don't want to talk about that yet, but this movie did turn a profit. Yeah. Uh, so I guess we're already kind of talking about deets, but yeah. I did want to mention this because I saw Roger Ebert said this in his review. Yeah, I read Parker a couple Reviews reviews. Um, he said uh, he said this movie has a 65-minute runtime plus 15 minutes so that they could call it a feature-length film. So like a feature length film, according to like SAG or something like that, is like 70, 75 minutes, I think. And so like there's 15. That's why there's 15 minutes of credits at the end of this, like all the blooper reels and stuff like that. So they could fill oh out a gosh. 65 minute movie up to 80 and basically get into that feature length. But, you know, film category. That, I think that comes into that. Uh, the SAG SAG stuff. All these actors have SAG insurance. They all have their SAG card so they yeah. they can. They can do that, and maybe that plays into that a little bit. Maybe you know yeah. what I'm saying? It's it's super weird though. Like you can feel it when you get to the end of this movie, and the movie's over, and then it just continues for another 15 minutes straight of just nonstop bloopers. It's just like, what are they doing? Like, and, and it totally makes sense when yeah. you think of it that way. We haven't quite officially started the DJ, but how about an 80 minute runtime that felt so much longer? Oh yeah. And then when you're talking like that, it literally was only like a 65 minute runtime. Yeah. I mean, it's shorter. It's shorter than most like Disney animated pictures. Hard to watch yeah. at times. Pretty stupid. Though. It felt like it's an animated. It picture. was very difficult to watch. Well, that's why you're listening today. That way, you guys, we're here. Listen, listen. Sometimes we're here these, for you. Well, sometimes in these movies, listen, we are here to keep you healthy. Okay, we're here for you. Uh, you could be listening right now to the radio show over on the talk, uh, you know, talk radio network that's trying to teach you about uh, heart health. Or eating healthy, or maybe they're trying to sell you essential oils or something. But today we're going to talk to you about health. It's called Movie Watchers Health, <laughs> um, and we just want to keep you safe. We're going to keep you from watching this movie by telling you about this movie. Are you Are you tired of listening to radio shows that tell you how to live longer? And we don't want you to live longer. <laughs> if it If it If it has to do with watching Master Disguise, this will help you uh, not have to watch it. Uh, it cuts. You know, Master watching the movie Master Disguise will take up to. Two months off of your life. Did you know that, Phil? This I, is awareness. I believe we're, it. We're bringing awareness to you about Master of Disguise, and it's important to me. Okay? 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 Okay. Okay. Please. Okay. All right. So, check this out, friends. Uh, it is time. Uh, first things first. I want to uh, talk about a new segment. Or it's a, a, a second week of a segment. And it's called The Trophy Case. That's right. What? Awards has this movie won any awards? Uh, I didn't look at the up. trophy I'm, case. I'm guessing Razzie's. Bo Derek is in this movie for literally seconds, and she's a mimic. She's uh, James Brolin impersonates her, right? In the very beginning of the movie, when they yeah. go to Caprizi, That's the Italy, or reason, Palermo, yeah. Italy, and Bo Derek jumps in the car, and she won. Uh, she was nominated for worst supporting actress. <laughs> For like, for eight seconds. Yeah, she's for on. eight seconds. But you know who she lost to? She lost to Madonna for her role in Die Another Day. Another HMP. Another HMP classic. So, there you go. So, there you go. That's the trophy case. Shut the trophy case. 
It might have been up for makeup or something. Um, turtle, turtle. Yeah, I mean the makeup's pretty decent in some in some spots. Um, very good. Um, uh, there you go, trophy case. But now let's talk about some deets, the details of the movie. It is time, time for some deets. The Master of Disguise, starring Dana Carvey. Uh, and he plays 1,400 roles in this, but they're not really... They, he just kind of shows up, and he does some, like, oh, Cousin Belky accent, kind of like this, like, whatever he is, Pistachio <laughs> Disguisey is his name. Yeah, that really is his character name, if, if you're wondering. It's pretty stupid. Um, Dana Carvey, Jen, uh, Jennifer Esposito, who... She, okay, so you and I were te- you you and I were texting. I know she's rough. You and I were texting about about this. This is a Happy Madison joint. Yes, this movie, uh, which is Adam Sandler. Um, when you think about Adam Sandler movies, you all, you always have that kind of dweeby, kind of like not cool guy. Not doesn't have it all together. Uh, you know, the, the typical one is um, uh, Billy Madison, where he's like never graduated school, uh, high school, or whatever. He's yeah. going back. Yeah. And there's always a gorgeous woman in the movie, in all yes. of his movies, that falls in love with this absolute, you know, nobody that's never going to get a girl in his yes. life. Yes. And, and that's part of the comedy, right? Like, this guy is getting, yes. like, the girl that everyone wants, right? Yes. And that is how this movie is influenced by yes. Happy Madison, because the same thing happens in this. So Jennifer Esposito is yes. the Bond girl, but the Happy Madison girl of this movie. Here's a little fact about uh, Jennifer Esposito. Uh... She, from 2006 to 2007, was married to Bradley Cooper. Can you believe it? How about that? Yeah, there you go. Hubba hubba. Bradley Cooper. Um, So there you go. Jennifer Esposito. Harold. She's beautiful, but she cannot act. No, she cannot. Harold Gould plays uh, his grandfather, James Brolin. You know who James Brolin is? Uh, Is he related to Josh? Brolin's dad. Okay. And Josh Brolin is Thanos. But James Brolin has had a very long and esteemed, uh, won some Emmys, won some Golden Globes, has a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, has a very long career, uh, was going out with uh, Bo Derek at the time of this uh, filming is why they were together. Makes sense. No, no, stop, 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 Phil. He was married He was married to Barbara Streisand at the time. I don't know why I said that about Bo Derek. Oh, I apologize. Okay. Um, yeah, anyway. Still married to Barbara Streisand. Yeah. There you go. You there go, guys. You go, y'all. Take it back now, y'all. Three hops this time. Uh, excellent work. And then my all-star of the movie, my all-star award. Who am I going to say for this movie? The all-star of the movie. Brent Spiner. Brent Spiner, my man. My man, Brent Spiner. I love you, Brent Spiner. I would like you just to... Say hi to me someday. Someday I'll see you. Dude, that'd be awesome. I'll see you at a... Uh, you were supposed to be at Planet Comic... No, at Louisville Comic Con, Supercon, and you weren't there. He, and heard, I was, he heard you were coming. I was going to walk up to you and shake your hand, <laughs> and you weren't there. Jonathan Franks, Franks was there. Uh, I didn't really care to talk to Commander Riker. I, I probably should have, because he was just standing there. Yeah. I should have. Uh, but Brent Spiner, I was hoping you were going to be there. Uh, but you're in this movie, and you do it. You honestly did a fun job. I, I, I was like... He's, I'm so glad Brent's in this movie. He's the only enjoyable moment in, in, it really in is. this movie. Yeah. And he was that way in Independence Day 2. Okay. Uh, Resurgence, whatever it was called. Yeah. Um, And it was the same way. Where I was like, I'm just glad he's in here and working, doing his thing. Yeah. I like Brent Spiner. I did feel bad for him. I, it is what it is. He's getting paid. You know, he didn't do that for How free. much did he get paid, though? I was telling you right now. Not enough. Just, well, we'll be ready for this. So, um, I'm trying to fight off a sneeze right now. <coughs> 
I bet you sneeze he, button. He definitely got paid less than a million to do this movie. Well, I'll tell you this right now. It's like we said, it's a Happy Madison production. Uh, in association with Columbia Pictures and Sony Pictures. Uh, but Happy Madison's uh, Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler helped produce it. It's directed by Perry Adeline Blake. Uh, and then also, like we said, 81, 81 minute runtime, August 2nd, 2002 release date, uh, and $16 million budget, a box office of $43.4 million. Yeah, it did He's right. technically like the number, you know, three or four starring person in the movie. He probably got some incentive for signing on, probably got some money from that. You know, so he probably did fine. He's not hurting, right? Unless he's causing himself, he's not hurting. Well, very good. Okay, so we're looking at, what, 20 seconds left before the first uh, radio break. Um, folks, uh, when we come back, we're going to talk uh, 30 seconds synopsis. We're going to talk about our plot for this movie, and we're going to have a lot of fun along the way. So we shall return. We'll be right back. Welcome back, friends, to the horrible movie podcast. The podcast of thunder and rock and roll. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying, man. And we are talking today. We've got producer Phil in the house. Uh, I'm glad to be back in the studio here. Uh, we've I've had this weird run of like our schedules differed a little bit. And then we we're trying to finish school out. And then we went on a trip and did some on the, on the spot stuff with people. Uh, but it's gr- always great to be here in Studio DNA recording. Um, and I think it, it's better for you, a lot easier for you, wouldn't you say, Dr. Phil? This is a lot easier for you in studio. Recording here? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a dream. Well, it's, it's an awesome studio. And we should mention that yes. Sif Pop is now live video. I'm, <gasps> I'm actually in the studio yes. on Saturdays recording yes. with them. And uh, possibly live video coming, maybe to HP. Okay. we got to talk about it. So we've got to talk about that, and we'll talk about that off. But how hard is that? Not hard? Doable? Is it pretty doable? Yeah. I mean, it wasn't too bad for our first run. Well, very good. Yeah. I think some video would be fun. Yeah, we can talk about it. Uh, maybe once a month, something like that. Start out light. It'd be fun. Let's do it. Uh, we are talking today about Master of the Master of Disguise. Uh, and it is a phenomenal, phenomenal uh, piece of train wreck crap. Starring Pistachio Starring Disguise. Pistachio Disguise. Uh, make sure you tune in, guys, to the end because we are going to. I'm going to announce our winner of our May $50 Amazon gift card. Just tell him it's me. Just get I can't do that. That would be nepotism. Mm hmm. You're my son. Um, so, <laughs> I'm traveling son. I'm not sure how that works. All right. So, uh, we're talking The Master of Disguise, and it is phenomenally great to talk about, because we're going to talk right now about 30 seconds synopsis. You or me, Phil? I'll do it. Okay. So, Phil is going to do 30 seconds synopsis. Uh, folks, I want you to understand something about 30 seconds synopsis. Uh, we won a couple awards for this uh, segment. Uh, it's it's uh, Not true. It's a great segment. That everyone wishes they could have copied, but we've came up with it first. We've trademarked thirty seconds. The name, the word thirty seconds, no, it's our trademark. Also not true. So anytime anyone says the word thirty seconds, we get royalties. That's really not true. Thanks, Phil. Um, so thirty seconds synopsis: The Master of Disguise, more than meets the eye. Transformers, robots in disguise. Uh, wait, the Masters of the Sky, the Master of Disguise, starring Dana Carvey. Wouldn't be prudent. And go. Brent Spiner is a bad guy, and he is basically stealing really expensive artifacts from all over the world. He needs 
uh, Dana Carvey's dad, who is a master of disguise, to help him steal all these things. But wait, Dana Carvey is going to become a master of disguise himself and thwart Brent Spiner's plans. He's going to uh, kick butt, take names, put on some disguises that are terrible and and do some really bad impressions. And then he's going to beat the bad guy in the end and get all the artifacts back. Very good. Phil, you won the award. But wait, there's more. And there's more at the end. <laughs> but wait, there's more. Uh, very good. 30 seconds synopsis brought to you by um, Chex Mix. All right. So that's not true. Not really. They could be. Is it sad that that really is the whole plot of this movie? Well, and there, his treasure hunting is really sad. It, it literally <laughs> consists of it's, a really crappy looking set of them standing the mo- around. It's the most obvious like world world renowned artifacts you can think of but like it's crap Mona too. Lisa yeah it's i mean they steal the US constitution like it, I, I know they've made entire movies out of that starring one Nick Cage but uh, <laughs> which we've already done that recently too this is a treasure hunting podcast so um but it's a really thin thin plot line they steal the constitution at one point which is just one rolled up thing. Which well, is there's not, a lot that's not explained in this movie. Which is so. not even possible. The Constitution <laughs> is like rolled up. Yeah. Like, that's not really it. The well, Declaration would have been a better choice. And, and what is his name? Michael J- Johnson? Yeah, Michael Johnson, world's fastest okay. man was there. Okay, gotcha. So, like, they, or Ben Johnson. No, it's Michael Johnson. I, I, think, I just think it's funny that I, I kind of chuckled a little bit when they gave it to Michael Johnson because they're like, why Michael Johnson? Like, why does he get to take the... Like, the, the whole idea of, of stealing this is like, I'm going to turn into Michael Johnson. They'll give it to Michael Johnson. They won't give it to me. Well, and, then, and, then, and then somehow Jesse Ventura yes. steals the Liberty Bell. <laughs> he just picks up the Liberty Bell yeah. and walks off with it. Have you ever seen the Liberty Bell? How big it is? It's huge. Oh yeah, yeah. No, and he's just it. like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm Jesse Ventura, and I'm stealing the, I'm stealing the Liberty Bell. That's actually a pretty good Jesse Ventura impression. Yeah. By the way, uh, Jesse Ventura. <laughs> anyway, Big Andy does a great Jesse Ventura impression. It's, it's incredible. Yeah, it's incredible. All right, so uh, let's talk about this movie. Um, it, it's the the movie sets up like this. Oh. Hey. And it's got a narrator, and it, the narrator is Harold Gould, who is Dana Carvey's grandpa. Grandpapa. Yep. And he's the narrator. He's a dis- disguisey as well. Is his last name? Uh, other- otherwise known as Exposition Machine. <laughs> like yes. Every time he talks, it's yes. just like to uh, further the plot. Oh, yes. So <laughs> he uh, starts talking, and he goes, "Oh, throughout time, the disguises have been uh, masters of disguises, and they." Um, they are able to solve mysteries and help the world and protect everybody by putting on disguises. Uh, and this is their story. And then it goes, in 1979, Palermo, Italy. Wait a minute. So you're saying that throughout time, and then they automatically go to Palermo, Italy, 1979, when you say this is their story. Like, that would be like, why didn't you start with, like, the cavemen or something? <laughs> solving a myth. It's a comedy. Could have did that. But instead, you're like 1979. Like that was. It's a weird place to start. What 15 years? That was 25 years before this, right? So I mean, that's not that's not ancient history, guy. <laughs> weird. Anyway, so they're in Palermo. Fabrizio Disguise uh, is uh, James Brolin, and uh, Fabrizio, which sounds like something that renews it or Glade would make to freshen your room. Uh-huh. Fabrizio, uh, and it. Um, 
he basically stops this guy named Dev- Devlin Bowman, who's played by Brent Spiner. Um, we'll just call him Brent Spiner from here on. And uh, stops him from stealing some random thing. Is this the Bo Derek? Bo Derek jumps See? in, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Did you notice that Bo Derek flies at one point? Okay, so she, she um, she's she's wearing like a, a very thin uh, threaded material. Yes, around her, yes. like a shawl, yes, almost like a shawl, and she flies with it. Yeah, and she glides down <laughs> like like Batman. She glides, <laughs> and then all of a sudden she zooms in, and then but then she ends up going straight down, like she's like able to hover <laughs> hover down uh, and. You go that way. Wire work, anybody? Yeah, it's really weird. <laughs> um, and it, it really is Bo Derek. For people that haven't seen the movie, like it's it's really that actress, but it's supposed to be obviously be the guy. Excellent, so. excellent. Um, so then he takes off his mask when he gets in the car, and it's not Bo Derek. It's Fabrizio Disguise, who's a. I don't know how they did this in two thousand two. You think they 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 made him look younger? Maybe they just use makeup, and he's got he's got great bone structure, so they could do that to him. To James Brolin, Josh Brolin's father, Thanos' dad, Cable's dad. Yeah, you're right. This movie didn't come out that long ago. Oh, two. They probably didn't use, but they probably didn't use CGI on it. But because this is before CGI to touch up a face like that to make him look young, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you know who else was old in this movie is Dana Carvey. He was 46 when they filmed this. He he plays a 23 year old. He's not a very tall guy. That helped, I think. Yeah. And he's got a, he's got a, a baby face. But yeah, and he does. Yeah, he's supposed to be half his age in this movie. Yikes. <laughs> um, so anyway, so then we segue. Uh, that's ancient times. We segue to current times in 2002, allegedly, uh, to an Italian restaurant uh, where pistachio, uh, this guy's the, who has a, okay, how does this pistachio have such a weird accent thing going on whenever his dad, James Brolin, doesn't have that thick of it, a fake Italian accent like Poppy from Seinfeld. Oh, I'm making you the, I'm making you the special. Don't fill up on the bread. I'm making you a special. I don't know. I'll, I'm making I'll, you the special pizza. All I'm I know is you'll love it. Five minutes into the first scene with him, I was just like, I'm already done with this okay. voice. So Pistachio like, is a waiter. Uh, there's an angry waiter that he is kind of a rival, I th- a minor I his, rival. His worst impression was his normal voice. <laughs> it sounded terrible. It was like. Grinding uh, on my ears the whole time. I am, I am pistachio. That's crazy. And it's like, what? Are, it was like um, Belky from Perfect Strangers meets like an Urkel type character. What about Cabin Boy? Cabin Boy, <laughs> uh, Screech powers combined. He, he hey, listen. That I work. Oh, I work at the Italian restaurant, and oh, oh no, I drop a spaghetti. All over your head. There's one point where <laughs> dude, that spaghetti looks so fake. By the way, there is okay. So there's one point where he drops spaghetti all over these four people's heads. Right? You saw this coming because the one waiter's like, "Why don't you? Hey, why don't you use a, a tray?" He's like, oh, "I show you, I've been working here forever. I'm the best at doing this." And I'm only doing this this bad cookbooks because it really does sound as bad this impression. Yeah, that's pretty because close. Because I, sh- I show you, I carry all the plates in one. He falls over, dumps all the spaghetti. One thing I did laugh at. Here's one thing I did chuckle at. I had two laughs in this movie. This was one of them. <laughs> he goes, this is one of the people, of course they have glasses on. They have this perfectly arranged part in the middle of their hair, 
um, spaghetti yeah, hanging it's, down, it's meatballs pl- over their over their heads, like it, in, in arrangement. It's plastic. It's clearly yes. plastic. And one of them has glasses on, and he goes, "Oh, I went for the spaghetti sauce. I went for the spaghetti sauce and clean your glasses." And the way he said it made me think of Kung Pao Enter the Fist. Yes, I thought of that movie too when I was watching this. <laughs> and it was so like, funny. Except that's meant to be yeah. a spoof of a serious Kung Fu movie from back in the day. <laughs> this is a, a made movie. Yeah. Ugh. So yeah, bad. Uh, there were some scenes with the dog that kind of reminded me of Kung Pao too. Like they were doing some weird what things with CGI. Your cuteness. Uh, the y- cuteness. The cuteness. Yeah. The cuteness is the dog's name. So anyway. and, on, and honestly, some of the dubbing was so bad that I, I it kind of reminded me of <laughs> Kung Pao. But Fabrizio, they own an Italian restaurant, like we've already talked about, and they are uh, running this Italian restaurant with his wife, uh, who his wife is played by longtime uh, character actress. I'm going to find her name on here. Uh, you've seen her in a thousand things. She's been around the block. Uh, She's been around the world, and I, 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 what's her name? I'm going to get it wrong. That's not her. No. What's his mom? Where's his mom at? I'm sorry, guys. Should I vamp while you're doing this? I am. I struggle. <laughs> I sometimes struggle, friends. Anyway, yeah, if you want to look that up, that'd be phenomenal. Okay. I'm going to get her name wrong. She was on a ton of 80s uh, situation comedies. There she is, Edie McClurg. A ton of 80s situation comedies. And she always... Oh, yeah, I was like that. It's a real high uh, talk, but she's been in acting forever. Uh, she's done all kinds of stuff over the years, uh, and uh, she's to be respected because she's had a really long career. Look at this career. Yeah, she's amazing. been in everything. She's been in everything. So uh, she was even on a Tony Orlando special. Can you believe that? That's how long ago she's been at I this. I know her from? Roseanne, Dinosaur. Valerie. No, no, not that. Not that. Find the one that has the most... Uh, most episodes 39 on life with life with louie that's just voice acting though you have to go back a ways anyway huh she'd been around the block uh so she her her body type they make a couple jokes out of her body type on this as well uh and that uh what's his face dana carvey's character is looking pistachio is looking for someone of that body type uh, and so, of course, then there's a, a which is really like it's. Yeah. I, I know we talk about this a lot on this podcast, but like that is really hard to stomach in 2019. Like he's basically looking for a girl with with a big behind, and yeah, like, and she's yeah. he's like rating girls like not with numbers, but like almost yeah, like but, that. But based on how his mom is shaped, so yeah. he's like, oh, everybody. Oh, look at this. It's like this. I mean, there's, there's even a scene at the very end of the movie, or maybe it's in the credits, but where they're like, they're, there's these like four girls that clearly have like pillows in their backside. Wow. And he's, and he's like, it's <laughs> like, well, okay, stupid. Yeah. And so there's a couple of gags with that kind of stuff. There's another uh, actress, uh, Maria Canals uh, is her name. And uh, she, she plays a sort of love interest before, before he meets up with uh, Jennifer Esposito's character. And she is shapely like that as well. Uh, and then Jennifer? No, Maria Canals. Okay, gotcha. Jennifer is not because yes, he yeah. makes a comment about her. He talks about how small how she hers is. Yeah. is not. Yeah. Anyway, so lame. So long story short, uh, the entire Disguisey family, including now the dog, the dog didn't get kidnapped, but um, the mom gets kidnapped. No, the mom. No, the mom is is threatened with the mom is threatened, but she doesn't know it. She doesn't yeah, know yeah. it. Fabrizio, the dad, gets kidnapped, and basically you're going by, by Brent Spiner's character, Devlin Bowman, and you're going to work for me, 
Uh, and if you don't, we're going to uh, kill your wife and your family, or all your family. Well, this makes really, the mass really dumb. Ma- well, this is really dumb. It makes Dana Carvey's character, a uh, little pistachio, to have to uh, find a way to get him back, right? Well, then his grandpa shows up mysteriously. He's like the Miyagi of this He's the yeah, Obi Wan. He's the uh, Miyagi. He teaches him the ways of the Master of Disguises. He teaches him. And, and what is that certain je ne sais quoi that he's supposed to tap into? Uh, making disguises? <laughs> Energico. Oh, I forgot about <laughs> so I, forgot, I forgot what this explanation they, is. They never explain Energico, but basically it's like this... It's um, the force. And yeah, he, it's, it he is actually, the force. But he actually makes a reference. Dana Carver's pistachio goes... Like the like the force. Yeah, he's like, there's he a said, dark like, side. In Star to Wars, is there a dark? Oh, that's the end. It's at the end because there's just, a dark side or whatever. He's like, like your, da- your dad has fall, fallen prey to oh, the the, the dark side of the energy co. He's like, oh, like at the Star Wars. <laughs> oh, <God>. But uh, <laughs> no, energy co is like this because he says um, he says no, you 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 can't just uh, you can't just put on a costume and put on a voice. You have to tap into the energy co. And I was just like, oh my gosh, uh, yeah. what am I watching right now? To be. And basically, when he taps into Energico, he becomes another person. Yes. So at first, his grandpa teaches him. He becomes a first degree uh, disguise. He goes, "Oh, they're like, like five levels. Although this is one is good." He's like, and then the grandpa goes, "Oh, there are uh, seven thousand levels." <laughs> he doesn't raise a white belt. You're a level one white belt. Yeah, and then, and then he says, the "How many colors is, are there? How many?" <laughs> Like so, like uh, seven thousand different colored belts. <laughs> well, and he only advances to one point five. And um, <laughs> towards the end of the movie, Campbell's so. a very hard judge. Anyway, so um, he basically gets his training. By the uh, way, we're laughing at all this, but none of this is how funny stupid it is. Jennifer Esposito, um, her character uh, comes in. He hire her. They hire her to be like an assistant. An is what assistant. they call. Um, but bas- she's basically like, um, like more than money penny. Like, like, a, yeah, she's like, like active going undercover in, with them on the field. Yeah, yeah. She's on the field. And, she- and, and of course the big, the big humor from this whole thing is that she's doing all the work, right? Like he's, he's being stupid and silly and she's the one that's actually yes. dragging him through yes. all these scenes. Yes. Um, along the way, we, like we said, we have a cameo from Bo Derek early in the movie with Michael Johnson, the, uh, Olympian, uh, Jessica Simpson. Yeah. And when I saw Jessica Simpson, the I want to say, I almost said actress, musician, singer, I'm not sure what to call her. They played one of her songs. Reality in, star. Her scene. I thought that is a blast from the past. Yeah, I've forgotten I, about Jessica I forgot Simpson. About her too. Uh, and then, like I said, former Governor Jesse Ventura is also in this too. Uh, former WWF wrestler. So there are three um, uh, artifacts that get stolen during the movie. So the first one is the U.S. Constitution. We already talked about the Liberty Bell, and then the, the last one, the one that. Jessica Simpson steals is the um, the l- lunar lander, like the uh, Apollo. Uh, <laughs> it's like the actual the actual lunar lander. Yeah, and he's basically going to turn around and sell <laughs> these things, or just have them as for profit. Is that right, Phil? Uh, yeah, the, he's going to sell it on. Uh, oh my gosh! Yes, black mark eBay. <laughs> okay, so eBay was a thing back then. I guess so. I didn't. Uh, and, I didn't remember and so that. he called instead of calling it black market eBay. It's Black Marquis Bay. Weird. Anyway. Uh, all, all of the names in this movie are really stupid. Yeah, they're really dumb. They don't make any sense. I, I bet, you and know I what think, they bet? I, you know what's really sad about that is I think they're supposed to be hilarious. 
I, guess, I think people are, oh, oh, Black Mark Evian is so funny. Dana Carvey wrote this. Uh, Harris Goldberg wrote this, too. I guarantee they sat around and were like, what are we going to call this thing? We're going to sell these on. We're going to sell these on something. Well, eBay? Well, Black Mark eBay. That's gold. Get like Black Market only. <laughs> All right. Well, when we come back, uh, we are going to finish this thing off. Bye. Richard Serrett is a regular guest host on Coast to Coast AM, the most listened to late night radio program in the world. And now you can hear Richard on his own podcast, Conspiracy Unlimited, three days a week. You're going to get political intrigue, subterfuge, conspiracies, the paranormal, UFOs, alternative energy, Bigfoot, and much, much more. New episodes drop every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Conspiracy Unlimited, Following the truth wherever it leads. Listen and subscribe at conspiracyunlimitedpodcast.com. And we're back, and we're going to finish off Master, the Master of Disguise, starring Dana Carvey. And uh, when we left off, we were talking about his family being kidnapped, and he has to learn, he has to be trained to become a disguisey. A person who takes on disguises and who has a master of disguises. Uh, thoughts, Phil? Go ahead. Uh, I mean, it, it would be somewhat entertaining to watch if some of his costumes and some of the the humor portrayed by him were were somewhat funny. But like, even the main hook of the movie, which is basically to watch, let's be honest, it's to watch Dana Carvey do impressions and be silly and laugh at you know his antics and stuff like that. Even that stuff isn't funny. No. So like. The, the, the big thing from the trailer that everyone was laughing about before the movie came out was the turtle-turtle thing, right? Yes, so they was, go to this cigar, this cigar club called the Turtle Club. And he mistakenly thinks that everyone's supposed to dress up as a turtle, apparently. <laughs> yeah, and he uh, has this weird outfit that's green. He has a he has a shaved bald head. He looks like a turtle, kind of. Like think, of, think of a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle, but fat. Like, like a really big thing. Almost like a Humpty Dumpty. I yeah, feel yeah, like yeah. he's like an egg, exactly. yeah. egg man, almost. Yeah, yeah. That's anyway, good. he goes turtle-turtle. That was the only thing about this. He, he says about 50 words in that scene, and about 42 of them are the word turtle. Yeah, am I not turtle enough for the turtle club? Turtle, turtle. Turtle. And I remember him saying that in the preview, and people going, that looks funny. That, and it is funny for like the first like five turtles, and then the next 32 turtles after that, you're just yeah. like, oh, please stop. Kind of overkill. Yeah. Kind of, kind of overkill. Uh, he also dresses up as a cow pie. Like um, that was really weird. Yeah, he he was basically th- think it's hard to describe this, but like think well, um, like you're dressed up like grass. Like, yeah, like all. It's grass. not quite a ghillie suit. If you've ever played uh, any of like you know if you ever well one if you've ever been in the military you might know what that is. Oh, or yeah, if you've yeah. ever played Call of Duty, you you know there's a ghillie. It's, cam- it's ghillie kind of suit. camo. It's camo. Yeah, yeah, it looks like grass. This is but, but literal. Has, no, this is literal grass. Oh yeah, he has real grasses falling Green off of grass him as he's running and a and fake he, cow pie. And, and his entire face is just a cow pie with a and, mask. Yeah, and and like a guy like one of the bad guys like steps on his cow pie cow pie face because he's laying in the grass at one point and he's like oh I stepped in a cow pie and it like fakes him out and then he runs away. <laughs> But it was really stupid. Yeah, it looked, really, it really bad. Um, the uh, cherry pie okay, at, so at the very they, end. So here, yeah, the cherry one was weird. Like it was like it was really weird. Almost like if this were a horror movie, I was gonna say it was I would almost be like, like that's the, gross. Like a, a creature, Why was from, that so creature gross? from the Black Lagoon, or yeah. the, or, um, or the Thing, or something like that. Like yeah, like it, it looked like something like that. Like but red slime kind of thing. He comes out of this pie like almost like a like a someone coming out of a birthday cake. And uh, then he starts shooting 
cherries at them, but through his mouth. I don't, like, I don't even know what's going on. Bad. <laughs> I was like, how's he doing Bad this? Bad is what's going on, Phil. <laughs> um, so they and, uh, and, it, and it actually knocks one of them out. Like a, a piece, of, a cherry hits him in the in the yes, forehead, kind of like yes. Goliath, and he and he goes like teetering back. <laughs> Pretty stupid. <laughs> All stupid. Um, Dana Carvey, my gosh, guy, come on. So they um they basically Jennifer, his assistant, uh, helps him get into the Turtle Club. Um, then they figure out they have to go to this antique fair is where Ke- Bolt. Bowman's going to be at. Devlin Bowman's going to be at. Um, they go to the antique fair. Uh, Pistachio uh, and Jennifer go there. Jennifer is then kidnapped um, at the party uh, after they follow these clues there. Um, She's basically like a PG slave, if you know what I'm trying to say. Yes. <laughs> like, uh, of Res Finers. Yes. Kind of creepy. Um, they, um, man, so stupid. <laughs> So the final, the big final ending of this thing there's, is there's a scene where he plays a German, like a uh, what, was, what was his name, like oh Constable Mueller. Yes, and he but he sounds like Pee Wee Herman the whole time, like he's got that kind of like I'm yeah. kind of voice. I was just like that that what are you doing? Like that that is the most stupid thing I've ever yeah, seen. Yeah, there's some henchmen in this thing too. Um, they uh, basically then uh, the big the big thing they're, they're your typical Looney Tunes henchmen kind of characters. Bowman's big plan at the end is to attach this face uh, to Fabrizio Disguise. That's James Brolin's character to attach this face that looks like Brent Spiner's character, and then Brent's then then he's going to have him killed, and then they'll think people will think that he died, that Devlin died. Mm-hmm. So he can get away, and that's never, yeah, that's never fully explained, by the way. But of why he wants to, yeah, like his why, own death. why does he want to do that? Yeah. Um, so then he basically, um, but Bowman has also been brainwashed. Uh, rewind, stop. Uh, Fabrizio, Dana Carvey's fake father, Pistachio's father, has been brainwashed, and so he wants to end up fighting Pistachio, and in this horrible fight scene. Yeah, it's because like he's it's, fallen to the dark side of the energy co. I could have said brainwashed. I don't know why they just didn't say brainwashed. <laughs> they had that little side thing. Of course, they need to fill out the eighty, you know, minutes. They were they were stretching hard to get it to sixty five. Man, like they're, they're huge. Like, we got to make this a full huge <laughs> full length feature. Huge. Um. So then, okay. So then, uh, they fight at the end. He ends up talking out of it, but then the mask disintegrates at some point into his face, like back and forth, like it's a like it's electronic or something, and back and forth, and then it just disappears completely. He like, pulls the he eyes like, out of it. He doesn't even use his hands. He just like shakes it uh, off. He's uh, <laughs> like weird. Like it's really <laughs> stupid. Anyway, so then, uh, long story short, I got hit. Quit hitting that. Uh, they get all the stuff back, and um, yeah, they go. They find Bowman in Costa Rica, by the way. And then um, this movie has like nine endings. Pistachio becomes the official. Master of Disguise, taking over for everybody. Um, and then um, they find Brent Spiner in Costa, uh, Costa Rica. Some of his... Um, to get the Constitution. Some of his costumes were like borderline racist. Like, we, we talked about the German one a little bit, but do you remember the Indian? Like, there's an Indian guy playing a flute, and he's like literally trying to charm a, a snake. And That it, was one of his first costumes his, that his was really bad. One. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, and that was almost like... Um, I don't want to say blackface, but it was almost dark face. What? You I, know, at the time, like like I, I hate to even say this, like, like brown face, maybe. Brown, you know, yeah, I hate to say it that face. way, but but like, and yeah, that's it. I, I mean, honestly, like I hate to say this, but like this is in the movie, guys. But like, he has a big nose, even, and like, yeah, yeah. I was and, just like, and, that and, is so stupid. But, but I feel like um, 
even up to 2002, I would say, guys, we could go to Trop- we could watch Tropic Thunder. Yeah. And even true. up until what? True. When that came out? 11? 2011? Well, was, okay. <clears throat> that wasn't considered, like, was considered weird then, but it wasn't like people were like, Losing their minds over it. If that came yeah. out now, even that would, people would be losing their minds over it. So, yeah, I mean, I guess we are living in a world of l- the love guru, which was kind of the same type of thing. But weird. Yeah, he ends up playing a flute, and it sounds terrible at first. But then he taps into Energico, and then he plays the sa- the the flute like a, a sax. Like he sounds like Kenny G all of a sudden. <sighs> really stupid stuff. Like I, there were so many groaner moments in this movie. I, I lost. I lost track. I, I stopped groaning <laughs> at one point because I was just like. I've grown through the last 45 minutes of this film. Well, so. let's uh, talk about this real quick. Let's, uh, now that we've ended it. I hate you for, for making me watch yeah, this. Yeah, I, I, I knew we'd do this eventually. Jiggly is the next one on the list of, that yeah. I have to do sometime soon. Because yeah. we've been talking about that one for several years now. Um, Dude, the, okay, I got another one. The, <laughs> the turtle scene, right? The, going He's back bad. to the turtle club. One of the one of the the henchmen or the guards or whatever is like confronting him and he's going to like, you know, knock him out or whatever. Knock, um, uh, 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 Dana Carvey's pistachio. character out. Pistachio. Um, pistachio, as the turtle, bites his nose off. Did you see this part? He bites his nose I off. away. Like, they did like a, it was either CGI or bad makeup or something like that. You could almost see his, almost see his nose, like a bump of it, but it was like just clean, like, like just skin, like flat skin. And then like he spat, he spat his nose back at him and like, and it just like stuck back to his face again. Well, that's I was good. like, that's I was good like he what out. in the world? Good they solved it. There, there were so many, so many scenes like that in this movie where you're just like, okay, they're they're clearly doing this for some kind of a sight gag, but it's so out of place, like it just rips you out of the the scene entirely. It's it's so stupid. That's crazy. Um, let's rate this movie. Uh, let's do goods and bads first. What's the goods? I can only think of one good. What's the one good? Um, his, Brent Spiner. His uh, Al Pacino is actually pretty good. Yeah, he's and he's a talent. I would say the goods are the fact that when he does an impression, like he does George W. Bush yeah, in this movie. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. He's yeah. a pretty good impressionist. A movie just about him doing actual people's impressions would be funny. Yeah. Um, you, but, mean, you mean like this movie? Huh? <laughs> you mean like this movie? Well, actual impressions <laughs> of a of thing. Anyway. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you want if you want Dana Carvey impressions, just go back and watch old episodes of SNL. Yeah. Don't, don't watch this. Absolutely. Some of that um, <clears throat> 90, no, 80. 88 election stuff on SNL. Oh, yeah. So gold. good. It's gold. Ross Perot, George Bush. He was at the top of his Bill game. Bill Hartman as, as Bill Clinton. Oh, yeah. So good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so good. Uh, uh, I mean, so, honestly, some, some of the best political commentary that show's yeah, ever had. Absolutely. Um, I mean, people aspired to be Dana Carvey well, after that. And I will say this. Like, at that point on that show, every like everyone got made fun of it wasn't just this right. one-sided it was like no one's safe all in in but almost in a parodies or fun way yeah how how frank Kellyendo is on things and people are like oh yeah. let's what this is great let's have him do this like dana carvey talks about doing at the at the white house there was a a dinner he, he that george bush Invited him to the White House, right, and to be it. the entertainment, and and he did the George Bush yep. for George Bush. Yep, and he he talks about how it was like surreal, like it, it was it, this weird, like it's almost a form of flattery uh, to a, yeah. to, to a certain extent, yeah. um, or like a um, uh, what's it called? Like what were you gonna do on your fortieth birthday? And you did oh a roast. Oh, almost. It's almost like a roast. Like it's, yeah, it's all it, in fun. It's not like a yeah. yeah. People know it's a joke, and it, it is flattering to be like 
almost caricatured like that. Like, you know, that someone wants to do you, yeah. like do your, your yes. impression. Um, but yeah, um, his Al Pacino is actually pretty good. And like the way that he was just like, he's, he even did, did the say hello to my little friend line. And then he started like dancing with like his like hairy chest and stuff like that with some girls. And I was just like, that's pretty good. Like, I, I actually kind of like that part. Yes. So it's good. Uh, uh, that, that, that is my, literally my only positive. That's sad. What yeah. rate this movie then one to five, one horrible to five horribles. Uh, I, I, in a world where the room exists, I, j- I can't, I just can't give hardly anything a five. I, I'm going to go four though. Yeah. I would say it's a solid four. Yeah. I mean, it's a, a one on Rotten Tomatoes folks. I mean, and that's, that's, that's earned it. Like it earned a one yes. on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. There's, there's almost no, I know you said you laughed a couple times. I think I maybe laughed once. We talked about, um, or no, I think we talked in the break about, uh, Brent Spiner's character basically farts every time that he laughs. Like he starts, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He starts laughing really hard, and then yes. he, he lets one go. Right. Yes. The first time he did it, it was kind of funny, but he does it four more times oh throughout the rest of the movie. Oh and at the very end of the movie, he does it several times in a row, like just you know, fart, 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 fart. Oh and it is that that joke, that kind of sophomoric kind of humor. It, it 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 literally like paints this whole movie and like that the whole movie is like that and i just i don't know like do you think that a, an adult acting like a child has ever been yeah, okay. truly funny Ready? In, in any movie the the dumb and dumber for me is still funny because jim carrey in that moment but do you think they're acting like children in that movie Yes, I they're think, acting like children. I think they're acting really stupid. <laughs> they drive the Mutz Cuts van around. I know, but it, I like I see that more as like them being dumb. Like, oh, like they are dumb and dumber. I know, but like I, I yeah, see, okay. I, I see, see them as saying. being like bimbos, like mimbos, basically. <laughs> I don't Sein, know. If Seinfeld. That. Oh, uh, okay. that's a Seinfeld. Seinfeld. Okay, good. Okay, yeah. good. Good. I wasn't gonna go. <laughs> uh, we're gonna have to boycott producer Phil now. No, no, no. Um, I, I mean, when you think about when you think about the 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 oh, pretty bird, pretty bird, like like they are stupid, like they're stupid people. Yeah, <laughs> so dumb. like they I, are dumb. I, I I think I think that's a lot <laughs> Wait, different what? than what we just watched. <laughs> um, I this the humor in this movie in 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 uh, uh, Master of Disguise is more to me is more like um, when he's doing the mocking thing, like someone will say a line and then he'll say it back in their voice. Then he'll say another line and then Dana Carvey, it, it is very much like, I know you are, but what am I? Kind yeah. Of, and kind that of humor. gets really stupid. And I just like five, five, 10 minutes into the movie. I was like, if this is the, what this movie is going to be, I'm going like, to enti- I'm, I'm out. Like I, and I couldn't stop watching it cause I had to watch it for this podcast. Yes. Thanks a lot. Jack. That's what we do around here. We <laughs> force people. You're like the, you're like Fabrizio. And I'm Brent Spiner's character. I'm forcing you into things. Who who is your favorite cameo? Because there were a lot. Of, there was a Kevin Nealon. We even talk about Kevin. Nealon. Yeah, that's true. Kevin Nealon was um, in this. Who who's your favorite cameo in the movie? Oh, I'm gonna go with Jesse Ventura because I yeah. he's such an interesting person as far as like the crazy stuff he thinks and does. And you talk about a conspiracy theorist. That guy. Whoa. Wow. Crazy. Oh yeah. It's it's. I don't want to say that about him. I don't know. It's just off the hook, like some of the stuff. I don't want to get into it. People don't want to hear about that stuff. Um, Maybe on my new podcast. Who's the Good Burger guy? Oh, Keenan Thompson was it? I, I, I really, love Keenan. I, I liked seeing Keenan yeah, Thompson. Yeah, I love Keenan. Um, who else on here? We, like I said, my my I loved Brent Spiner on this movie. I thought he was great on it. Uh, we already already mentioned Jessica Simpson. Yeah. Um, I I thought hers was kind of kind of clever, but. Um, still a blast from the past so weird yeah it was so very, there were, there were a couple things that were really weird some of the the jokey kind of references in the movie were jo- were references to like um commercials like yeah. tv commercials of that day and i was yes. like wow i forgot about forgot yeah. about that commercial um 
We're gonna do word association. I'm gonna give you three words. Okay. The first thing, and it one, I want a one word response. Okay. Word association. Black Mark EBA. First thing, first <laughs> thing that comes to mind, and you have to say just whatever. The first thing, one word. Okay. Wayne's World. Party time. Mm. Oh, that's two words. Yeah, I'll take it. That's okay. Hyphenated. All right. Sorry. Um. Next one. Turtle Club. Turtle, turtle. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then finally, I'm gonna go with. Um, I like this game. Uh, how about first thing that comes to mind? Okay. <laughs> I, I got nothing. Nothing. I, I got you. All right. I you. That was Brent Spiner's character um, on the show, Devlin, or on the movie Devlin Bowman. He would laugh cynically. To, folks, to be fair, you that said evil. that you would give me words that I would, it's, that's why it's called word association. Ha, 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 ha. And a, oh, I guess the, the two, two did count. I can't say the, I can't say the <laughs> F word, which is the, the toot word. I don't think. Um, oh, I already did a couple times. So. Oh, you did? Yeah. Uh, it'll be fine. No, it'll be fine. It's, um, all, it's all good, man. Uh, what do you think about Wayne's World real quick before we run out of radio time? Oh, dude, it was great. I love Wayne's World. I love Danny Carvey in Wayne's I, World, and I love can I share Mike Myers. A, can I share an embarrassing uh, Do it. factoid about that movie with Do me? Do it. Uh, Wayne's World was my introduction to Bohemian Rhapsody. I'd never heard that song before. I believe it. Yeah. I think a lot... No, I'm telling you right now. I think that movie's a lot of people's Yeah. Uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, like intro. Don't you think? Yeah. I just I wasn't listening to a lot of... Um, I, I mean, let's just be honest. I, I grew up in like a very... Uh, not strict, but like um, protective cr- yeah. Christian home, I guess is the way to yeah. say it. And so we didn't listen to like 80s pop music or rock music yeah. at all. Yeah. And so um, like I love Queen. I, I would even say Queen is probably my favorite band now. That's like cool. I, I've listened to them so much in the last five years. Um, in fact, I, I they're my go-to band if I'm going to put on Spotify. But um, at the time, I had never heard them. I don't know that I'd even heard like... Um, we will rock you and like, like popular jock jam type stuff. Um, so yeah, like when I watched that movie and I saw them j- like just, you know, going crazy to Bohemian Rhapsody in the car, I was like, that is awesome. I, so. um, you're talking about queen on, and like I said, we say on a segue to, um, we sort of segued away from that to away from this movie to, uh, Mike Myers stuff and Danny Carvey and Bohemian Rhapsody. I bought queen two. That's the a great tape version. That's a great album. And here, dissimilar to you from the strict Christian, and not the strict, but the protective, like you said, mine was just more. We list, we literally just listened to country, and so until I got in high school, I never really even listened to rock. Yeah. And I played drums then, but I didn't even think about it. From like I learned to play drums listening to country songs, and so then when I learned, I learned how to play rock songs like just based on like for my ninth and tenth grade year. So anyway, there it is, right there. Um, radio folks. We appreciate you tuning in. Um, going to get back on a good regular schedule to have some uh, normal, normalized audio here. Very excited about it. Uh, podcast people, stick around. We're going to talk about our uh, uh, May giveaway. Uh, but radio folks, thanks for tuning in. We love you. And uh, we'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Okay. So, Phil, I've got our winner for the May giveaway. And this is the Amazon gift card. Um, and uh, we have our we have our winner. Uh, and here's how this will work. Uh, we're gonna I'm just gonna just gonna say the name and uh, person I will just email you like I said I would, 
I'll email you that you're the winner. And then I just need to be able to get an address from you uh, that you won. And the winner for the May giveaway. And we're going to do another one in June. So if you didn't win this one, it's okay. I've got another one coming in June. And so if you signed up for it uh, previously, I'm still going to put you back in the hopper for the winner for the June one. But the May winner for the Amazon gift card, the $50 Amazon gift card is... Christine DeYoung. Christine DeYoung, $50 to Amazon. Uh, I will, like I said, I will email you, uh, and then we will get you that Amazon gift card. I'll mail it to you, and uh, it'll be great. It's phenomenal. Uh, just want to say thanks, for guys, for listening, uh, and uh, we just uh, love doing the show. Uh, yeah, always give us that good feedback. If you're listening to this and you want to get on in the June uh, giveaway, it's this simple. You go to Apple Podcasts. You rate and review. Type it up. Five stars. Take a picture, a picture or a screenshot, either one, uh, and then email that picture slash screenshot, whatever it is, to jack at the horrible movie podcast.com, and that'll put you in the drawing for the June Amazon gift card. Uh, brought to you by Amazon. By the way, you do not have to have an Apple device to do this. Um, just if you have a Windows 10 PC, mm-hmm. just download iTunes. It's free. Good find, call. I'm glad our, you said that. Find our podcast on there. Yes, and- download download that. Uh, if you have another, if you're an Android person and you don't have anything to do with with Apple at all, uh, and you're listening on your phone or whatever. I probably would, if you do this on Spreaker, Stitcher, I found this by looking at data. We have a lot of people that listen to this on Stitcher. Oh, wow. Like cool. A pretty large percentage of people listen to this on Stitcher. It kind of surprised me. Yeah. A lot of people just listen to this straight up on Apple Podcasts. So when I'm talking about Apple Podcasts, so if you listen on Stitcher or whatever you listen on, hey, I'm going in there and review. I'm assuming you can review on there uh, and just, you know, go in there, rate it, review it, whatever you do. Screenshot it, take a picture of it, send it to me, and that'll put you in the drawing for that too. I just want more people to learn about our show. Yeah, uh, and that's always good. You know what the best way, Phil, for po- folks to hear about our show is? Word of mouth. Word of mouth, guys. That's where it's at. Every podcast person you hear talk, uh, you've heard me talk about Richard Serrett before. Jim Harold's another one. All those guys are all that's all word of mouth. Um, I've tried in the past to buy ads and to do this and that. And at the end of the day, just share it with your friends. It's so much easier. Tell a friend about it. Maybe there's one episode you've listened to that you really enjoyed. You want them to hear about it. Maybe it's just a snippet of an episode. They don't have to listen to the whole thing. Um, keep it light. Uh, and uh, normally people will appreciate it. Uh, and You know, not for everybody, but, you know, our audience is growing every week. So good times. Thanks, guys. Hey, I really do want to do a video, uh, Phil, and I want to do it uh, definitely in the next few weeks so folks i will send out stuff on social media uh on twitter uh, at one horrible movie when we're going to do that facebook uh just search the horrible movie podcast and then we do have a we currently have a youtube channel that may change uh based on what we do for videos i'm i'm game for anything at this point uh just to add that video i think it's fun be good times i don't know what i look like in an h with an hd camera on my face though my gosh do i have to wear makeup I mean, I, I know what you're going to look like. You look like you do right now. I'm just three feet away from me. Yikes. All right. So that's not good. 
Can you just make a meme out of my head? All right. <laughs> we'll see you guys soon. Thanks so much. And we will talk to you soon. Bye-bye, Ski. The Horror Movie Podcast is heard weekly on great stations like 88.1 KZ88, South Central Missouri's Public Radio, 104.1 Caps Media in Ventura, California, 103.5 WADR, Janesville, Wisconsin, and 105.5 KFGM, Missoula, Montana, from Missouri to Missoula. The Horror Movie Podcast is available for download on iTunes, Google Play, Spreaker, and at the thehorrormoviepodcast.com.